Welcome, welcome, welcome all. This is the Fast Break Podcast presented to you by WTK 90.3 The Rock, Rock Solid Sports. And I've got my guys here. I, I am Chris Clark, first and foremost. I've got my guys here, Grant Mitchell and Bryson Wright. How are we doing today, fellas? Oh, real happy to be here. You know, if we're the NBA on TNT, I call Shaq. I want to be Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah you no. Got, you got a little bit of Shaq's personality. Uh yeah no I'm doing pretty good I don't know I don't know who I will be on NBA on TNT right now but last night the Grizzlies did play their preseason game on TNT and I was very excited by what I saw so. yes very much so yeah um I didn't catch a whole lot of the game but I've caught highlights and Grizzlies with a hot start already that's looking promising for them yeah we were playing a mostly G League roster for the Bucks though they didn't really roll out the big names though so yeah I, I honestly even if even if they just played with a G League roster for the most part, in the back of my mind throughout the preseason game, all I can think of is Ja Morant this season. I, I'm expecting fireworks, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the court. Yeah. I'm really happy about Ja. Yeah. Dude, getting Ja Morant, or well, first of all, just getting the number two pick that year is probably the best thing that's happened, I think, in all, really the history of the Grizzlies. That's probably going to turn out to be <laughs> the greatest pick we ever made. Uh yeah, I'm I'm expecting him to be an all-star this year. I know it's tough in the West, but I think he can get there. That's that's my expectations. I see the same. I see the same from Memphis because Memphis is a team um that is very young, very up and coming though. And as you said, the great job with the pick with um obviously John Morant and even uh Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he was a fourth overall too. Yeah. So so I knew he was a lottery as well. So that, those are two great pickups for from Memphis because it's really kind of showing what they want to do moving forward. Um, and they're starting to establish a lot of that identity, right? Like Memphis, for a long time there, especially under the Zach Randolph years with, with Marcus on them. Oh, O.J. Mayo, too. Rudy oh. Gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, well, even after those guys, like during just the, like the Randolph, uh, Randolph Gasol and uh, – Conley, uh, Tony Con- Allen. Yes. Yeah. Though, though, that grit and grind Memphis team, right? Like those teams were just uh, Tony. Yeah, like I said, Tony Allen was the definition of the Memphis Grizzlies. So it's nice mm-hmm. to see them, you know, start to kind of get back to sort of a fierce team. It's not the exact same kind of feel, but a lot of the same kind of talent and 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 stuff we're seeing put together with them. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like they definitely have the same kind of mentality, but now they actually have kind of the offensive firepower to kind of go with it as well. Because back in the day, it kind of seemed like, you know, I think they're still a defense first team, you know, but it's now defense first. And we're also going to get out and run on these turnovers instead of slowing the game down and trying to get into the post. You know, we're going to run it through Ja. We're going to see uh, we're going to try to get open three pointers from guys like Desmond Bain. And uh, even Jaron is going to step out and take some threes this year, too. So I think our offense is going to be really good. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm really excited to see you're talking about grit and grind, Chris. They've got Stephen Adams there, and when I think oh, of grit and grind basketball, up. he was such a pivotal part of those Oklahoma City Thunder teams, and I loved him with the Pelicans also. I thought he was a really good uh, member of that team, and now here with the Grizzlies, I, I look at this roster and I'm thinking, like, you know, at least at the very least in my mind, they're gonna they're gonna make a run through the first round of the playoffs and get to the second round. I, I think at the very least, there's a lot of talent here, and that's if the stars align. There's not too many uh, injury bugs going around on the team, uh, but this roster. I mean, again, I, I look at John Morant, and whenever I watch him play, I, I think to myself, it looks like the highlights of young Kobe, but he can pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, Jaws, uh, Jaws is kind of a unique talent in his own right. He he brings, um, he's he's been kind of brought sort of a different dynamic since he came over from Murray State, and I think he showed a lot of a lot of promise even in his first year. And that was under that was under a tough year for for the Grizzlies. I mean, they were still figuring a lot of stuff out, and you got your some of your new picks. And ever since then, uh, Jaws been. Jaw's been like a very a super exciting guy to watch, and especially it's exciting when like the Grizzlies this past season make the playoffs because um, you know you want to see those great young players in it. Like Trey Young, look what he was able to do with the Hawks this past season. You know, no one predicted the Eastern Conference Finals for them, and I think that's something that you know if Memphis can start to put something special together, that's a run that they potentially can make. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that I, I loved watching Memphis last year at the beginning of the postseason when they had that play-in tournament because as far as the Golden State Warriors go, I am I am very much, uh, I would say, a hater from the start. But when they went up against the Cavs and they won their first championship and everyone was saying, oh, that's so nice for Golden State. You know, they were a losing franchise. Now here you go. It's a young group of guys and they're going to be out there for a while. I hated it. <laughs> Now, that was prior to Kevin Durant? That was prior to Durant. From the start, I did not like the Golden State Warriors because I liked when they had uh, Baron Davis. I was a big fan of Monte Ellis, and they I feel like they did Ellis really dirty when they got him out of town uh, in favor of Steph. Obviously, Steph, way higher ceiling, but just the way yeah. they treated Monte there at the end was not fair. But watching Memphis first go through San Antonio, and then, of course, uh, they're going up against Golden State Warriors next, I was thinking, okay, Golden State's done. Uh, or uh, Memphis is done. There's no way they can beat Golden State. I mean, Golden State's depleted. They're missing some pieces here, but they're still going to run over Memphis. And then, to my surprise, absolutely nothing comes out of Golden State, and uh, Memphis runs right over them and gets into the playoffs. And I was so, so, so happy to see that, and it just filled my heart with joy. <laughs> run, run that back one more time, Grant. What, to your surprise, what? To my surprise, Golden State was beaten. <laughs> and I was just heart sick. Beautiful. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. I'm not even going to lie. Even as a Grizzlies fan going into that game, you know, I was optimistic, but I was I was kind of expecting them to end up losing that game. You know, it's, you know, you got two Hall of Famers on the team. You got Steph Curry, who is basically, he was saying he should have been MVP. Everybody was like, he's an MVP candidate. I thought he was going to come out and probably score 50 you know it's a, a road game you know but even last year the one thing that I looked at is the Grizzlies team in general they really like playing on the road for some reason like they played really good on the road last year want to be so, an underdog yeah, yeah. so yeah. like and I think that's kind of how John Moran has been and that's like the team has kind of embodied that because he was a guy who you know didn't have a lot of looks coming out of high school and you know, went to Murray State and kind of had to build his way up, and I kind of feel like that's how the team is in general. Without a doubt. And I didn't hear anything about John Morant until the tournament came around, and, uh, you know, everybody was still talking about Zion. Obviously, Zion, you know, he goes first overall, but then John Morant, you know, his stock just shooting through the roof, and then here's this guy that can just do it all, and we're watching him on the court. It's really exciting because I was looking at him in the tournament. I was thinking, how, how, how much of this is just he's that good or, you know, is his skill level just better than these guys? But when he gets to the pros, you know, the change of pace and the speed, he won't, it won't transition over. But when he came to the NBA, it was a revelation. Watching him on the court, the moves he made, the looks he had, I, I mean, he's uh, he, he's a kind of generational talent, and I hope Zion can stay healthy. I hope Ja can stay healthy as well. But those two, they, in my mind, they're the they're the future of the NBA. They're the guys moving forward who are going to be the Kevin Durant's and the LeBron Jameses. These are the, this is the next generation right here. Oh yeah, I'm. I definitely feel like we're kind of in the changing of the guard right now. You know, you got the young guys like, of course, Zion. You got Luca, Trey Young, Jason Tatum. They're all on the come up, and of course, Giannis. He kind of you know he he's a little bit older than those guys but he kind of like stamped that he's gonna be the guy of this next generation that's oh, coming yeah. up yeah undoubtedly. But yeah and I mean we can also get into that talk about you know the Bucks and whether or not they'll repeat and who's the real contenders this year but uh I just I'm really excited for this season I think that there's gonna be some young guys to take some big steps next year and makes and probably surprise a lot of people yeah Absolutely. And, uh, you know, shifting over to, to the Bucks, um, I really was surprised when they were able to pull out the championship because I looked at Phoenix, all the, the, the balance of talent of, you know, those veteran guys like Chris Paul and then the young superstars like DeAndre Ayton. And I was thinking this, this is a team that's going to win this year, maybe win next year and be a contender for the next three to five years. And when the Bucks pulled that final series out, Got that win. I just thought, I mean, this is a great win for the Bucks. I'm so happy for Giannis. I love Giannis, but I don't see them coming back to it. And if they do, they're going to lose. I think that this Bucks team, when I look at it, it reminds me of the a better version, granted, of the 07 Cavs a little bit because Giannis is such an incredible superstar. And of course, Chris Middleton, you know, he showed some real flashes in that series. You know, he had some really good shooting games, but throughout that playoffs, he was struggling a little bit. He had he had a cold streak pretty consistently through that playoff. And I just don't see a number two on there that can support the team in the long run with Giannis. I think with Giannis, they can go 
you know, guaranteed second round of the playoffs. Uh, I think for sure uh, conference finals is very likely this year as well. But getting back there, I don't. I think it's gonna be hard. I think it's gonna be hard unless Giannis comes out there with a three point shot. We haven't we haven't seen. Lately. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. saw something today. Giannis said, uh, "Whenever I make the threes in practice, make sure you get a bunch of angles on it, and you know." shoot it from different <laughs> angles so it looks like i'm getting better at threes yeah but uh <laughs> it's good planning on his part, yeah good, good good planning from him but yeah i don't you know we shouldn't count the bucks out just because of how how amazing Giannis is yeah i also think drew holiday is probably the best defensive guard in the nba right oh, now yeah. yeah yeah so you know whenever you have those two guys on the defensive end and what Giannis brings offensively they definitely have a chance now i don't know i don't think they're better than the nets though you know, no, I, I so I would say first off, Drew Holiday is part of that dog pack, right? That was kind of established yeah. in Milwaukee, even yeah. even though Tucker is obviously gone now. But that's you know that's unfortunate for them. But he was a key piece there, and and that was a, a great team that Milwaukee was able to form together. I myself uh, got fortunate on a uh, fortunate on a little a little bit I had made uh, back <laughs> back early in the season because I really felt like the the Bucks were definitely going to be a contender. Yeah. I was skeptical. Um, at the time, uh, I was skeptical of the Nets at the time. They still, it was just Kyrie and KD at the time. And when we were looking at them, you know, they, this was pretty hard. And I knew there was already going to be some issues here and there. And, yeah. and, and in particular, as it happens with Kyrie and KD, sometimes injuries. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfortunate. Always, it's, it's an unfortunate part of any sport, but especially in basketball, yeah. when you know you have five guys on the court that have to play offense and defense. You know, this isn't the NFL where it's twenty-two on the field. Um, you know, in baseball, it's, you know, what, nine. So it, it's so difficult to to be down such a key player on, on, on a team that's really striving for greatness. So I was already skeptical about them, and I really felt like the Bucks were going to do something special last year. Giannis just seemed like he was just primed for breaking out. And for me, um, I like Giannis personally. You know, obviously. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I, Giannis is an extremely hard person to dislike. I don't know anyone that actually does, but if anyone out there does, you have a very – Tough criteria <laughs> for the way you grade people because that that dude is awesome. I'm I was so happy for him when they won uh, back in July, and it was just great to see for him and the Bucks in the city of Milwaukee too. That has been such a great basketball city for years, and mm-hmm. that was uh, the first finals appearance they had had in decades. Five, what fifty years, some something like that. I think. Yeah, I think it was back mm-hmm. in seventy one or seventy three with mm-hmm. uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, they got that win back. with uh, Oscar Robertson too. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, yeah, I. You know, going off that, I think uh, the Nets have a really, really interesting roster. They're going with, you know, we're talking about the Lakers and uh, uh, all the cerebral basketball there with Russ and LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these other guys, you know, Carmelo. But you, you, Brooklyn Nets are, I feel like, not getting enough credit, surprisingly, for their roster because they just added two vet big men in LaMarcus Aldrich mm-hmm. and Paul Millsap, who are two very, very, very fundamentally great basketball players. And they know where to put the ball. And granted, they're past their prime. They don't have the same physical abilities that they did before, but when you have that kind of basketball IQ collectively as a team, along with you know obviously Kevin Durant, the veteran Blake Griffin, uh, James Harden, Kyrie, I mean this the list goes on, you know. Yeah. But and, and just real quick for Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean you got a guy who's coming yes. over after spending four or five years with the Spurs. I mean mm-hmm. and everything he was able to learn under Pop, and uh, you know unfortunately that never uh, fruition to a championship, which. Could have very well happened in yeah. 2017, but I'm not even going to begin to go there. <laughs> yeah, we're, no, not, not not touching that. But yes, as far as a, as far as Aldridge, man, you got that guy with great experience and mm-hmm. like that. Let's also not forget, again, me being a Spurs fan, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention as well that they also picked up Patty Mills, and yeah. Patty Mills has been a, a, a very stout point guard for the Spurs for years. He's again another guy who's very methodical yeah. in the approaches, and he learned a lot of that from Pop. Yeah, as I, a Grizzlies fan. Patty Mills has been the source of many nightmares for me because I'm telling you every time he plays the Grizzlies I don't know I don't know if he thinks he's back in the Olympics or something because that's another thing when he plays for Team Australia yeah he's just a completely different player he really is another guy they drafted Cam Thomas who he I think he actually led the summer league in scoring wow I actually got to watch a like one of their summer league games I know they were playing the Grizzlies and he killed us like he just <laughs> completely killed us the yeah. whole time mm-hmm. and i'm like if you have they have a good combination of you know veterans mm-hmm. like of course aldridge and picking up millsap and patty mills coming off the bench and then you know they also have a couple young guys like cam thomas yeah and uh they also kept bruce brown i think bruce brown's gonna be really good for them mm-hmm. so I, I i think they, they have a really good roster yeah. i think 
they should be the favorites. Yeah. It's between them and the Lakers, obviously, for who's going to be the favorites. I would kind of lead. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Lakers a little bit over them, but I think they're definitely, they definitely have a roster that can win the championship. You're choosing the Lakers over them. I would. Wow. I don't know. I, because I, I love. I love. I, okay, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I have always been a big LeBron fan. Uh, but when I look at the Nets uh, and this, all the situation um, surrounding all the situation surrounding Kyrie Irving not having his vaccine, and uh, also him missing time for some personal things uh, last year with the Nets squad, I mean, I, I think Kyrie's a big question mark, obviously. But you know, you take him away, or you take Kevin away, or you take James away, and then you have the other stars there and all the other pieces on that roster I think this is still a championship team and you look at the Lakers you take away Anthony Davis you take away LeBron James or, or you know one of those big guys I, I think they I'm not gonna say they fall apart but last season it was pretty evident that they were not at all they were they were a husk of a team uh, without you know LeBron or without Anthony Davis and if you lose both of those guys you know God forbid <laughs> they can't yeah. do anything I mean the Lakers I think the Lakers have I think they have you know the best team in the West, arguably for sure. Uh, but I, I just there's there are so many things that have to go right with that roster with their top guys in order for them to win it all. And with the Nets, there are so many guys that you can just plug and play. I mean, they've got I, I didn't mention his name earlier, but they've got James Johnson on here. You know, another really good, versatile, smart basketball player right there. Loved watching him in his time with Toronto. And I think, uh, you know, having him there, you can plug him in. You know, if, if, if you got to sit Durant and you have Durant uh, playing uh, four for some reason. Uh, I mean, there's just there are a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of plug and play the Nets can do. But with with the Lakers, their roster, I think they're limited to a certain degree with that. Again, their bench, I'm not saying it's bad, but relative to the Nets, I don't know. They are top heavy. Lakers yeah. are very top heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. top heavy. But you know, last year's Lakers team was even more top heavy than this team. Yeah. That's I think that's the big difference is even if something does happen to Anthony Davis or LeBron, I feel like the other two guys with a combination of having you know Rondo coming in off the bench, having guys like Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington who are going to be good shooters, mm-hmm. you know, guys who aren't going to be afraid to shoot the ball. That was the big thing I think for the Lakers is it seemed like some of the guys were just afraid to shoot the ball in yeah. the playoffs. And I'll tell you one thing, nobody's ever said Carmelo Anthony is scared to shoot the ball. <laughs> nobody's ever said that. Yeah. So, like, when you pick up guys like Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench, people who are future Hall of Famers coming off the bench, even mm-hmm. though they are they are older, you know, just guys who know how to win. That's the big thing is they have a bunch of guys who know how to win. Here's my thing with the Lakers. And because they – well, I want to ask you first before I even get into that. You said that you think this is obviously a more well-rounded team than going back to last season. They were very, very top-heavy last season. We saw that, right? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. those injuries cost them greatly in the first yeah. round. I don't know if they would have beat Phoenix anyway. Probably fully healthy, but that's no, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But do you th- compared to the 2020 team, do you think, as, as far as the team that actually ended up winning that title, 1920, do you think they're comparative to, the, to that team, or do you find this team to be better than oh, 2019? <sighs> You know, that's a tough question. I would say I think this team definitely has the potential to be better. Yeah. You know, with the addition of Russell Westbrook, you know, of course, last year, you know, they didn't have Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard. They brought them back. I Mm -hmm. thought they were huge for that championship team, Mm -hmm. especially just Dwight Howard's defense in general. You know, he was uh, a difference maker. I was surprised they let him go. I was really surprised they let him go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I thought he was going to stay, but then, you know, I think he tweeted he was staying with the Lakers and then deleted it and decided to go to Philadelphia so I think that was more Lakers than it was Dwight Howard because he you know watching that championship run and watching him being with the Lakers that second go around he was so grateful for the opportunity Mm -hmm. and that's what we've seen in this this latter half of uh, Dwight Howard's career is that he's just been really thankful for the opportunities he's been given by teams and I think the Lakers uh, not bringing him back they were trying to do some things offensively um, that didn't pan out and uh, I mean I don't know the Lakers last I season were just they were an enigma I really didn't know what was going to come out of my thought okay if these guys are healthy yeah. repeat for sure because I didn't see anybody else out there that could you know the Bucks from the east obviously but I, I didn't see anybody else out there because the the Sixers to me have always been kind of just a team that no matter how much talent you give them 
they'll find a way to botch it in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Seems like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like my Cowboys of the NFL, right? Yeah. Like, this is kind of what the Sixers are. Yeah. You you know that they have talent there, but can they can they yeah. form a cohesive unit yeah. is always the is always the, the question with yeah. those guys. Um, I think, really, last year, only a fully Nets healthy team would have probably have really competed with a fully healthy Lakers team. Yeah. And which is oddly kind of a – Almost seems like a situation we have this year. I think there's a little bit more parity this year than mm-hmm. than probably last year, but um, I, I think that just only shows how good other teams have gotten yeah. right over the off season, or even just going back to the end of last season. We saw some teams really start to put good things together, even if they didn't make the playoffs yeah. or not. But um, yeah, as far as the Lakers, I think my only question with them is what what's going to happen when we get down to those you know mid season stretches mm-hmm. and. Uh, things are really tight. Maybe the races uh, in the West or just in, you know in the Pacific, even maybe things are a little bit tighter than they would like, especially with like Phoenix or somebody. Yeah. And then you start to have those games where um, you get in those crunch time moments, mm-hmm. and we see Westbrook that drove KD away. If we start to see that, how do you guys think LeBron is really going to react? Once it kind of gets to a point that he's a little bit annoyed with it, because I think that's going to happen with him. I I don't think. See that narrative of Russ driving KD away? I don't think is fair because you look at, uh, you know, what he was for the uh, Thunder team while he was there toward the end before they traded him off to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He was a leader. He was a veteran presence, and then goes to the Rockets. Obviously, things didn't mesh there, uh, but there there weren't really. I didn't hear any locker room issues. And then you go to the Wizards, and I think the Wizards. This is this is my main point. He was in. A, he was a leader on that offense. He was a leader on that team. And, uh, I mean, you talked to Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal said, I will really miss this guy. You know, not just in the tweet, but just throughout the season. He, he kept saying, you know, I am so grateful to have a player and a leader of Russ's caliber on this team because sharing that workload, you know, the Wizards are a team with so many deficiencies. I didn't think they had a chance at all of being in the playoffs last year, and I'm a Wizards fan. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I think that duo ended up yeah. being better than we probably thought it would way be. Better. Oh, yeah. way, way better. Way, 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 way better. better. I was for, expecting for compared sure. to this year. Yeah. Um, my, my just to clarify, my only thing with the KD thing is that KD has made it blatantly obvious that he Russell Westbrook basically was the reason that he left Oklahoma. City. I think City. that's a KD thing because I, I see my opinion, and it very well could yeah. be. That's just kind of my yeah. point of what I'm getting at. Yeah, my, yeah. KD was my favorite player up until the Golden State situation because you know I, obviously there've been a lot of critiques about super teams and people jumped on LeBron James when he went to Miami, even though he was not the first super team. Uh, when he when he left, you know, LeBron. D. Wade, Chris Bosh, and some of the other guys on the team, they were really close friends, you know? That big three right there, they came in the league together. They knew each other throughout their careers, you know? There were hangouts and stuff, so they were friends coming together. So I could accept it from that standpoint. I was like, oh, gosh, Heat are going to be crazy, but I can accept it. Golden State, Golden State had knocked out the Thunder that season. That Thunder team was going to be right back the next year and win it all. You know, I thought that was their year to get it. Uh, It was unfortunate that didn't play out the way that it did, but, um, I mean... Kevin Durant just ditched for the guys that beat him and made them exponentially uh, better. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then he's out there saying, you know, he's calling out people. He has a burner Twitter account, and he's and he's trying to vie against fans, calling him cupcake. And it's just like, why are why are you engaging with people that are you know they're just they're 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 gonna they're haters. You know, they're not gonna they can't do anything to harm you. It's just I mean, why are you people doing that? Will always have yeah. something yeah. to yeah. say. Exactly. Now, the funny thing is, even now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but a couple months ago, even during like the Olympics, he was on like Twitter spaces talking oh, to gosh. people and they were talking about like when he left Golden State and about how much attention Steph Curry was drawing and why it was so easy for them to win, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's one of those things. I wish he wouldn't engage with stuff like that. Yeah. But it's so funny that he does. Yeah. Like the fact that he does is just so hilarious. It's to great me that, for the media. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing for the media. It up. Yeah. But going back to the Russell Westbrook thing, I think the main thing is I don't think LeBron would have brought Westbrook in if they hadn't already had that conversation of being like, you know, this is still the LeBron and An- like LeBron and Anthony Davis are still the core of this team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is added to that core, but you know. At the end of the game, the ball needs to be in LeBron's hands. The ball needs to be in Anthony Davis's hands. Now, if Russell is bringing the ball up to court and he's trying to create for one of them, I think that's great too. Yeah. But I think Russell Westbrook knows that he's not the guy on the team. And I think at this point in his career, he's okay with it. He's just trying to get a I, ring. I agree with that, actually. 
I really think he's 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 kind of humbled himself much to the to the point of Carmelo doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, they didn't join the Lakers because they thought, oh, this is a team we can go and, and be yep. a star on as well, and I can get as many shots up as I want, or I control the offense as much as I want. Yeah. I think both of those guys knew coming in this. I'm coming here for a reason, right? And and I think you make a good point, Bryson. It's very very likely that LeBron, being the leader off the court that he is, it can very well get somebody like Russell Westbrook say, hey man. I want you to come back home to Los Angeles. I want mm-hmm. you to play with us, but here's how it's going to go. Yeah, and if you're okay with that, we would love to have you. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely exciting to see Russ on that roster because you know you were talking about creating opportunities, and uh, when Russ was was with the Wizards, I mean how many obviously before Russ there were a ton of fifty point games from Bradley Beal just having great offensive performances, but Russ charging up the middle, passing it out, and just watching. Bradley take off with these great shots or, or just creating options on his, on his own. I, I think Russ is really going to add a lot to this Lakers team because, you know, like you guys were saying, Russ is at a point in his career where he understands that he is not the go-to guy. You know, when I, when I watch him charge up uh, the center of the court and he's running right at the rim, then he passes it out to LeBron. and LeBron, you know, just to, I, I can already see the movement on the, of the basketball, and it's very exciting that the Lakers have added that option. I mean, it could go horribly wrong, and then, you know, Russ takes too many shots or tries to take control of the ball, but I think this is going to be a really good addition for the Lakers. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, and I think we should also get into kind of like some other teams. You yeah, know? I was going to say, uh, what what else on the dock? Uh, we, we have to talk about a lot. A lot of a lot of teams got yeah. some stuff going on. What you got, Bryson? So I'm just looking. I'm kind of just looking at who made the playoffs last year. Okay. You know, the Suns. The Suns are going to be back. I think. I don't know if they're going to get the two seed again this year, but I think. I think they're going to be really good again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Devin Booker is. I think he's he's only what 24. You know, so he's he, yeah, he's yeah. still getting better. DeAndre Ayton is still getting better. Chris Paul is, you know, he's getting older, but he's still going to be the same kind of floor general for yeah. them. And then defensively, they're going to be amazing. They even added, I think they added JaVale McGee, which I think that was kind of an underrated pickup. Yeah. Because I think he's going to, he could, he can be a really good backup center for them too. JaVale had a lot of good times up in, up in Golden State. And even with the Lakers, yeah. right? I think he was part of that championship team back yep. in, back in 2020. So, yeah, that, that's a very good pickup for their defense. Uh, JaVale, if nothing else, he's going to work hard. He's going to get your rebounds. He's going to be a defensive force and presence um, in, in, inside the key right there. So, yeah, that's a great pickup for them. Um, question. You know, before you get into some of the other teams in, in the playoffs there, well, so obviously the Lakers. We know the Lakers are going to be a very top contender, right? Um, as we were getting into it earlier, uh, I wanted to bring up, it seems like Lakers and the Nets are, are kind of the Alabama-Georgia of the NFL <laughs> right now, if you will. Yeah. I'm sorry, the NBA right now. Um, you know, because there's, there's a lot of teams that are contenders this year, or but there's only a few that we feel like we would probably put our money on. Let's just be honest about yeah. it when we cut down to it. But nevertheless um, – if not the Lakers, who else do you think from the West could could take that two spot? You know, that's a tough question. I would say the Nuggets if Jamal Murray was going to be healthy at the beginning of the season because I don't know about him. You know, the Clippers, it's going to be weird because Kawhi is going to be out. Uh, honestly, I would say the Warriors have a pretty good chance. I don't know if they're going to get all the way to the two spot, but having Clay back, I don't know if he's going to be back at the beginning of the season. But, you know, Steph and Clay are just such a dynamic duo already. They're going to be getting James Wiseman back, who I think is going to have a really good year. They get uh, two lottery picks, you know. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, too, on there. Yeah. Well, yeah. He had, and he, I think he just got vaccinated, too, he so did. he's actually he, going to play. Did. Yeah. I don't know. He saw once they came out and said, if you miss games and you're not vaccinated, you don't get the paycheck. He kind of went ahead and was <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I think he was, he was quoted as saying, it, as far as his choice, it came down to either – get vaccinated or miss basketball. Yeah. And, you know, and I hate that he was kind of – just to keep it neutral on the vaccine thing, I for him, if, if, if he didn't feel like he really wanted to get it, that's one thing. Um, but I, I don't like the fact that he was kind of forced into that situation. It's an ugly situation. But at the same time, um, it, it's the same thing with Kyrie as well, right? Yeah. There's a – it's going to continue probably to be a problem with, with some other people moving forward as well. And as more states or, or more um, entities decide that they want to make sure that people are vaccinated and stuff like that. So anyway, I don't know if that's going to become a, a, a bigger issue down the road. It very well likely could be. But when you start talking to players' pockets, they start to listen a lot yeah. more. Yep, that's definitely true. Yeah. And then uh, on top of the Warriors, obviously the Jazz got the one seat last year. So I want to be surprised if they end up 
you know, I don't think they'll get the one seed again because if the Lakers stay healthy, I think they're definitely the best team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the two or three seed again. You know, they kind of got exposed in the playoffs with – well, I think Rudy Gobert kind of got exposed with the way they kind of played and how they just let Terrence Mann go crazy in that game. I think it was game five or game six. Yeah, yeah. You know, just because it was like he can't – you know, he's a great defender. You know, he's an all-time defender in the paint. But if you can get him out of the paint, then – now your offense can kind of open up, and that's kind of what exposed them. And I don't know if they really did anything to fix that, you know, this offseason. So. And you look yeah. at modern NBA centers as well, and pretty much everybody on the court, regardless of size or position, they're, they're going to spend some time on the outside. You know, we look at reinvention of guys like Brooke Lopez's game, you know, or you see young guys coming to the game like um, – Oh, gosh, what's his name? He's with the Nuggets, uh, uh, Bull Bull. And Bull Bull, uh, he has great ball handling, and he can shoot from the outside regularly. And, I, and he's seven foot three. I mean, this is just this is the direction that the NBA is going. And I think, you know, Rudy Gobert is, again, he's an all-time great uh, inside defender and, you know, in the paint. But you, you, you take him out of there, like you were saying, and, uh, I mean, there's just so many holes in this game. I think he's he's a dinosaur, and if I were if I were the Jazz, I would look at trading him. Uh, I would really maybe Rudy consider Gobert. trading him. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, because they don't have a team right now that can win a championship. They don't have a team right now that can compete with the Suns. They don't have a team that can compete with the Lakers. They have a team that's going to go second round or at-best conference finals. Uh, I, I would agree with you on that because I think – even last year when Kawhi went out, when they played the Clippers, you know, they couldn't beat the Clippers without Kawhi. Yeah. And that was dumbfounding. Yeah. Considering the season that, that the Jazz hey, had. Playoff P. Playoff P. Hey. <laughs> playoff P. Hey. He finally showed up. He, he finally back. moved away yeah. from pandemic P. He finally got, yeah. he started doing what we yeah. expected him to do. Yeah. Years yeah. of that playoff P talk. And Indiana didn't go well either. I mean, yeah. gosh. Gosh. But, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm also excited to see what the Clippers can do because, I mean, look, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. But mm-hmm. Paul George is just it seems like he's reinventing himself. I mean, his game isn't changing a ton, but I mean, his skill is still there. He's just working so hard. I think he's, he's really set on getting a championship and uh, that kind of will and uh, that fight in him. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. I think the Clippers, I mean, I, by no means do I think that they're a contender for the championship, but I think they're going to be an interesting team. And at the very least, I think they'll be in the uh, play-in tournament this well, season. Let's not forget, Right, we we are WTK, we are UT affiliated. Yeah. Let's not forget the uh, big pickup they just had this this draft pick with mm-hmm. uh, Keon Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's you know huge. We'll we'll see exactly where he starts to mature in his game and at what point that happens. But I think it will happen. I think he'll get to a point with the Clippers where as long as he's able to stay there long enough, yeah. um, uh, he's going to be a factor in that in yeah. that team because we saw we already got to see him firsthand. Obviously, here at Thompson Bowling last year and what he's able to do. You know, imagine you get a you get a Clippers team going with you know Patrick Beverly and them and, and whatnot, and then you start to have all these things happening for the Clippers. Kawhi finally, you know, Kawhi being who he is as well. Um, so yeah, it was that was pretty insane last year to see the, the Clippers be able to overcome the challenges that they had and and uh, to see um, you know the coach get them over that point. Yeah, and watching watching the the just the, the complete absolution of Patrick Beverly's uh, storied defense on the perimeter, just watching him fall apart in the playoffs, even though he's still <laughs> trash-talking. I mean, uh, there was a meme that came out uh, over the offseason. I think he got traded twice and then cut. And <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he's, yeah. he's on the Timberwolves now. He actually got traded to the Grizzlies, oh and then gosh. we uh, flipped him. Ended Wait, up getting who is this again? Patrick Beverly. Beverly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we ended up flipping him and ended up getting Jarrett Culver. And I think Juancho Hernan Gomez, I think that was the trade. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was just – I don't know. Patrick Beverly, he's still a really good defender, but – He was he, there a year too long with the Clippers yeah, at that, that yeah. Probably. I think spot. I think that time had started to run out. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not going to say that Keon Johnson is a better defender than Patrick Beverly right now, but I think he definitely has the potential to be as good, if not better, than Patrick Beverly in the future. And I think having a guy like him even coming off the bench this year is going to be really good for them. I think it's a little unfortunate, too, for, for Keon in that respect because I think Beverly would have been somebody who could have taught him some some great things, right? somebody he really could have learned behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think he's going to be fine regardless. I just think that that would have been beneficial to Keon. But nevertheless, Keon, we, we already saw what kind of a competitor he is, what he can be for an NBA team. So I, I think he's he's still got a promising 
uh, career ahead of him. And that, like you're alluding to, yeah, man, he, he could end up being obviously better than Beverly ever was. Didn't he set the record for the highest vertical jump in uh, NBA I'm combine history? Yes. He did. yes yeah. he I did. mean, come, those hops, come on. <laughs> like, that's come what he's on. saying. Like, he's, look at this potential he's already yeah. showed, you know. He's not even played – played a regular season game yet so his outside shooting is definitely not there but i mean i think mm-hmm. i think with what the clippers have right now i mean th- there's plenty of opportunity for him there's well, plenty of opportunity mm-hmm. and then i mean getting eric bledsoe which is funny because i mean he started his career out there and then this is the twilight of it for him i mean he's i think he's definitely an upgrade at the point guard position his defense isn't quite where beverly's was but i mean bledsoe is a is, is a very staunch defender sure and his, his offense is pretty solid i mean his shooting percentage has gone down considerably and he was a liability for the bucks at his tail end there but uh i mean he can still he can still play he can yeah. still play i think i think the clippers are definitely i mean they're on the outside looking in with the playoffs but i definitely think there's a very good chance that they'll be in just at the very bottom yeah yeah i i, I would be surprised if they didn't at least make it into the play-in games you know especially because i don't know how long Kawhi is going to be out but it's it's possible that he could come back near the end of next season too especially with the way we've seen you know guys come back from acl injuries quicker and quicker with sure you know medical technology getting better so I mean, it is amazing. Yeah, no. I mean, at one point that was a killer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it yeah. was like we don't know if you, you'll come back for your career <laughs> right, if you get yeah. an ACL yeah, injury, Kobe, let alone Kobe with his Achilles in 2012. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, as well. that pretty much ended it for him, and that was just a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, w- that's one of the things I wanted. That's one of the last things I would want to see is if I'm a Grizzlies fan and we're like the eight seed, yeah. and we come in and Kawhi's coming off of injury <laughs> uh, to play us in that eight yeah. nine playing yeah, game. That's not a situation. You <laughs> yourself. I don't in, think he's going to sure. play this year. I think Kawhi's going to sit out, and I think he's going to go free agent. I think I think he's going free agency. I think he's a tactician. I mean, he could have stayed with the Raptors, and the Raptors didn't have a bad team. You know, I mean, Pascal Siakam is a uh, just a unicorn of a player. Um, then Kyle Lowry still a just a just a bulldog of a point guard. But sure. if Kawhi stays there, they're a contender for sure. I think uh, that's a team that's absolutely going to beat uh, the Sixers because I mean, un- team unity first and foremost, um, and they're going to compete with the Celtics and Bucks for that for that top spot in the East. But I mean, I look at. I, I just I think Kawhi's going to walk out. I don't see him sticking around at the Clippers out of loyalty. I mean, you know, I, I see him having, even though things ended on an acrimonious note with your team, Spurs, I see him, you know, going back to the Spurs more than I see him coming back to the Clippers. I think I think the experiment. Has- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm the sorry. experiment has, uh, no, that called for the Kawhi left. I think the experiment has, has failed in uh, Los Angeles, you know, the other L.A., and I think he's going to go to the next power player. I mean, heck, maybe maybe he'll go to the Nets. I mean, you know? Oh you, no, here's, please here's, no. Yeah, please I'm not no. sure the Nets. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but, you, you know, know but yeah, uh, no, I mean, good no. lord, you'd have to have New York Yankee money and a salary cap for that, uh, or no, or no lack of salary cap. Yeah. I should say. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, here's what I'll say about the Kawhi thing. Um, going back to also being a Spurs fan. You are right when you say he's a tactician because I think he tactically played his way out of San Antonio, and yep. unfortunately that situation was what it was, um, at least on my side of it. Now, looking at it today, here's my thing. What what I learned about Kawhi in his time with San Antonio and, and have continued to see with him throughout his career, Kawhi's a simple man for the most part. I think Kawhi only wants so many things in life. He's, he, I mean, this is a story of a guy who, even years into the to the Spurs playing with them, yeah. becoming the Finals MVP and things like that, mm-hmm. he was still driving like a 98 Chevy Blazer. Still has it, I think. Still probably yeah. has it. Yeah, probably drove yeah. it out to L.A. when he signed with <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. I don't know how well that thing did up in Toronto. I mean, good Lord, I, you know, but as far as Put him. some chains on the tires, it's good. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he probably fit in up there, I'm sure. Yeah, he found ways. But I think with with Kawhi, it's like he's a very he's a very simple guy. Kawhi only wants so many things, and I think when I say that, because I feel like you know what, even if he's not really happy with some of the things that have been happened, obviously yeah. some some of the downfalls that happened the past few seasons, they were right there on the brink of yeah. of NBA Finals and whatnot. I still think with Kawhi, I think he wants to be in LA. I don't think he has any desire to leave there. Now, does he love being a Clipper? That's debatable. That's yeah. debatable. But I don't see him leaving out and, and finding another team that he wants to go to. I just don't view him as that. And I'm not saying it yeah. can't happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe, maybe not leaving California, but I would not be. I mean, here's here's one that I, I just thought of now. I, I haven't really heard it talked about. But what if he goes to the Sacramento Kings? I swear. <laughs> I know you were about <laughs> to yeah, say the, the Kings, Kings, man. Deep Ooh. pockets. 
deep pockets and a lot of young talent. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, if he was on a better team, uh, I think he'd be getting wow. way more recognition than he is. How, he's the fastest player in the NBA. How exciting would, would Northern California be during basketball season I mean, between I, them and the Warriors? Oh, right? yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I think that I, – I don't think that's going to happen. But if it did happen, I think uh, they, they would be a good team. To, Marvin Bagley the third. I was like, to Grant's Kawhi point, Leonard, they've, they've got a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, Halliburton, but again, you know, to my point – They just point, drafted Davion Mitchell. Oh they, yeah, yeah, and the Buddy Heald right. is. I mean, he's right. a shooter. Yeah. Like he's a shooter. Like that's a team. You get Kawhi on there. That's a championship team. They can definitely compete for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I that's probably no less than a second round. But Kawhi, here's my thing again. Kawhi, I think is also going to take into account how he can do with other teams, of course, because yeah. Kawhi, you know, he's already tasted success with yeah. both the Spurs and the Raptors. Finals MVP. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think he's going to go to a team unless he knows without a doubt. We are going to be contending for championships. I mean, that's a, that's off a team the team right there. That's a team right there. Like the Sacramento it Kings, I think that's a team. I don't right know there. how much faith he would put in that, but that is a, I mean, that yeah. is a good point, though. I mean, yeah. they have a lot of money to spend, but again, I don't think Kawhi's looking for money. He's yeah. looking for where can I go for, for championships? Mm-hmm. You know what? If he doesn't feel like he has that grave an option, to my point, I think he will just ultimately stay in L.A. Yeah, yeah I think I think it would be better for him to try to build up the Clippers than trying to go somewhere else at this point, especially because they already have Paul George, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go anywhere else where you have another superstar like that that you can play next to. Well, and especially yeah. what you have to go through to get Paul George to, to the oh, Clippers. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, how, do you think they're kicking themselves for giving up Shy Gilgis Alexander? I mean, because I know they, they, got, they, got, they got a King's ransom for it. I know – but he's developing into somebody that the next three to five years could be number one point guard in the league. Shorter than yeah. that, maybe even. You know, he's shown just incredible talent on just every facet of basketball. I mean, he's he's an exciting player, and Oklahoma City's lucky to have him. See, yeah. I don't know if they re- necessarily regret it because I think they knew what they had in uh, Shea when he was there. Because I remember, I th- I think it was his rookie year when they ended up playing the Warriors in the first round, and they came back from down like. 30 points in one of those games with the fully healthy Warriors. And Shea played really good in that game, I remember, because I was like, I thought they were out completely. And, you know, he was one of the guys who he was coming off the bench, so he didn't really get a lot of playing time. They were down by 30. He was in the game. He was one of the guys that kind of got going and kind of started that comeback. I think they knew what they had, but I think if you have a chance to have two superstars, like and one of them is Kawhi Leonard, you have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that was risk versus yeah. reward. They, they, yeah. y- you had to do what you had to do. That and, and kind of the same thing with the Raptors, right? How they even got Kawhi themselves. Yeah, where they were, they were, even despite their strong loyalty and bond they had with Demar Derozan, they were willing to part with him, even after telling him he was not going to get traded. Uh, to get Kawhi Leonard, so that's just the pull. Sometimes it's like it's yeah. easier said than done. It's easier to, uh, you know, to say you're not going to do something, but when that actually that moment actually comes, mm-hmm. things start to change a little bit, right? When yeah. when you actually start to feel that pull from somebody who wants to be a, yeah. even if they don't want to be a part of your organization, as Kawhi did with the Raptors, you know you can get them and you know what you can be with them. Yeah, and um, you you mentioned it, but uh, I mean, Demar Derozan, he's a part of a really interesting team right now. A really interesting team in the Chicago you know, Bulls. Yeah, they have. Uh, they put oh. some. They put some stuff together in Chicago, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think this is this is perfect to kind of kind of go into the Eastern Conference in general yeah. too, because I I'm really high on this Bulls teams. Okay, this Bulls team. I think I think they're gonna be a top at least top five team. I don't know if they're gonna be better than the Heat. I don't think they'll like pass the Heat yeah. or they'll be better than the Bucks or the Sixers. They might be better than the Sixers because we don't know what's gonna happen with Ben Simmons. Which I was gonna get into that here in yeah, a few minutes. We can get into that too. But uh I think the Bulls getting Caruso, mm-hmm. getting DeMar, getting Lonzo, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have just that they're going to be one of the NBA league pass darlings this year. They're going to be a team where if you have league pass, even if you know they're not the best team, you know they're not the Lakers, they're not the Nets. They're going to be an exciting team to watch every night. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I myself, like I grew up obviously in San Antonio, huge Spurs fan. I bleed silver and black. But the Bulls were always a team that I followed for a long time in the East, and that was before the Derrick Rose days. If you guys remember even who Ben Gordon is, I loved watching the Ben Gordon days, and I remember when they picked up Ben Wallace, like I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah, Bulls, yeah. Going, to, going back to the finals. <laughs> and 
Yeah, we saw how that <laughs> went, obviously. Yeah. But I was excited, nevertheless. And then we got to Derrick Rose years. like Walt Dang, too, man, in there. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I was Joe a big fan. Noah, back when Joe yeah. Noah yes. was, like, really, he was really good for them. Yeah. I think yes, some Joe people Kim forget was. about him. But Yeah, be, and, and unfortunately, he did kind of fall off the map a little bit. Same with Luol Dang. Yeah. Luol yeah. became a cap liability for a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was very unfortunate because <laughs> I, re- I was really a big fan of Luol Dang. Yeah. I really liked Luol Dang. But that, some of those Bulls teams were like, you know, especially once we got into those uh, years where they were battling the Heat in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals and yeah. things like that. I was so excited to see them and so happy for Derrick Rose, yeah. Chi-Town kid, right? You yeah. know, playing playing any kid's dream. Growing up and playing for the team that you grew up rooting for and the city that you grew up in yeah. and love. So I was very happy. But ever since, obviously, all that came apart, Bulls have been just in in the realm of irrelevancy, and it's been unfortunate. So I think having the Bulls be a good team, having a good roster, makes the NBA a little bit more exciting, right? Oh, definitely. So more exciting. So much more exciting. Because, I mean, that's one of those teams. I mean, it was a marquee name for two decades, you know? I just feel like college football, right? It's nice when, like, the Tennessees, the Miamis, and and, and teams like that are actually good again. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's just a sense of uh, bringing, I don't know, sense of comfort with the past and how things were, but at the same time, the Bull, like you said, marquee name. It's mm-hmm. so great to see teams like that be good again. For the Lakers, it was the same thing. You, as much as I loved seeing the Lakers not be good for a while there, it felt weird. That's how I feel about the Celtics. Yeah, I've, I've always been on the on the Lakers side a little bit more. But the but the yeah. Bulls, I think this Bulls roster, I mean, the only thing I really have a question mark on is DeMar DeRozan. Because when he left San Antonio, I mean, not left San Antonio, when he left uh, Toronto and was traded to San Antonio, he, for the first season, you know, looked, Pretty much like the same guy, but then I, I just his mobility seemed to go down a lot. Uh, that legendary mid-range game of his, I mean, it's still very, very, very good, but it wasn't as elite as it was. And I just, I, I have a lot of questions about him going into the season because I see him maybe being a cap liability himself and averaging, you know, in the worst case scenario, maybe like fourteen point nine points per game. You know, to well, he, here's what I'm gonna add real quick, yeah. just about the whole Spurs thing. So while yes, you're right, his mid-game range and, and not range his mid game game if you will did drop off a little bit yeah but that's also because he actually picked up on his three-point shooting like yeah. you know granted he's not the greatest three-point shooter by any means but there were other aspects of his game that pop was able to help him um you know kind of un- unravel yeah. if you will he became a lot better of a passer at least as far as running that offense yeah and rebounds the guy the guy's a hell of a defender there's yeah. no doubt about that so yeah. i think while some of that did fall off, he did have other things that he was able to pick up and kind of get better at as well. Will that transition to the Bulls? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think De- DeMar DeRozan is going to be good for the Bulls. I think I th- I don't think he's going to – I think he'll average probably uh, – I'd, I'd say like 18. I think that would be good for him. But I also think just having guys like Lonzo and having Zach Levine, which we haven't even talked about Zach Levine oh, yeah. yet really, just having another guy who's that good like – you know, no offense to your Spurs, but they didn't have a guy like Zach Levine on their team on mm-hmm. that has that same skill level the last couple of years, sure. you know, ever yeah. since Aldridge left. And, you know, I wouldn't even say Aldridge was up to his level when he was no, with the Spurs either. Yeah. I think after so, 2017, he started to drift really off. Decline, he, yeah. And he had some great moments going back to like 2019 and mm-hmm. stuff. But, yeah, definitely not the same player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think. You know, Zach Levine is really going to be able to take another step this year, too, just because he's going to have, you know, Lonzo is going to give him so many open looks, you know, because that's the one thing about Lonzo. You can say anything about, you know, he's getting better at his shooting, but that has been the one thing that's kind of they've been talking about even coming out of college. You know, he's not the best shooter, but he's he's an amazing passer. And I think he's going to get those guys tons of open looks this season. Yeah. How about his defense also? I mean, Lonzo right now, it just seems like when he's on the court, Mm -hmm. uh, when he's with the Pelicans, it just seems like he, he got this swagger while he was there. Cause I mean, when you're traded from the Lakers, you know, you drafted second overall kind of looked at as like, this could be the franchise guy. And then you're just, you know, tossed out as just another piece of a trade. I, I feel like that, that has to stick in your heart a little bit. And from there you grow up a lot as a professional and Lonzo with the Pelicans he just he really showed a lot more depth as a player than what we saw with the Lakers and I think coming to Chicago now I, he's really coming to his own and I'm really excited to see what he can do with Chicago yeah I like what you're saying there because yeah he, he, Lonzo it took some maturing for him to get to that point of realizing you know what maybe 
maybe I've still got a long way to go. Maybe, you know, I'm not the guy I really thought I was going to be coming out of the draft, whether he, whatever, whether it was Lonzo thinking that or his dad, who especially big was ball of brand. big ball, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah. you know, that, you know, that guy right there. So it, it was, um, yeah, LeVar Ball. It was, uh, you know, I don't know. Lonzo was very well touted, but I think yeah. it took some humbling for him to end up going to New Orleans. I think he's going to take that to Chicago mm-hmm. and he will use that to his advantage for sure. Yeah. Um, Guys, we got about yeah about ten minutes left in this podcast, more or less. Um, let's split the last little bit of time. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some Ben Simmons and the Sixers as we were going to, and then we will uh, f- probably finish it off with some uh, contenders and pretenders. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, this Ben Simmons situation has it's it's been the most uh, the most entertaining part of the off season to oh, me yeah. at least. <laughs> you know, just hearing and uh, I don't know. At this point, I think the six, the Sixers have to trade him. Like they just have to trade him at this point. Mama, there goes that man. Yeah, there goes that man right out the front door. He's out. He's not coming back. I especially, feel like that was still in good context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, Absolutely. no. As soon as, uh, especially now that Joel Embiid has kind of written him off too. I don't know if y'all heard him that on was media. A great day. statement that he yeah, made there. where he was just like, you know. He, they're done. They're yeah. done with him. They tried to get, like we tried to go and talk to him. Yeah. He wouldn't even talk to us. It's over. That's just sure. That's just because like they did. Yeah. Joel in that in that same interview, I think, was going into. I mean, he's saying we didn't, you know, accommodate him. We didn't resign Jimmy Butler, and Joel goes on to say, "I thought that was a big mistake." And uh, we surrounded him with shooters. You know, we got Al Horford. We got guys that could come in from the three point line and Seth provide Curry that. exactly for sure yeah. exactly. And I think the fact that he's just ignoring them is just so childish. And it's like, I mean, look, uh, Charles Barkley said it in the podcast. He said, "Look, just go to the gym, shoot some three pointers." And they said, "Well, Chuck, you didn't really, you know, you didn't have a three point game. You had one of the worst three point percentages in NBA history out of someone who took as many threes as you." And he said, "Yeah, but the rest of my game was there." And with Ben Simmons. I think if the rest of his game, look, in the playoffs, everybody knew his limitations going in there, but when he was missing layups and he's supposed to be this magician in the paint, what was that? I mean, he was choking. It was it, such delegation. Yes. I, I, I don't want the moment right now is what I yeah. saw. I, I think I think you've got to get him out of there as soon as possible, and I think it's really unfortunate that they didn't keep Jimmy Butler because I think if they traded oh, man, Ben Simmons for pieces there, mess up from Philly. That would I mean Tobias Harris has he continues to grow each and every year. He's 29 this year, but he gets better and better every year. Mm-hmm. And I think you have him, Jimmy Butler, and and Joel Embiid. Oh my gosh! Even, oh my that gosh! Would, that would be a great team, even man. even if they didn't have Ben Simmons, like those three guys themselves would be a really good well, no, team. Without you know? Ben Simmons, yeah, yeah, without Ben Simmons, they've got. I mean, it's so sad that it turned out this way, but they put a lot of faith into Ben Simmons. They mm-hmm. they put a lot of trust, and I'm not into the I'm not in the building. I don't know what the conversations were like with the GM coaches or other players, but it seems like that was an environment that was very pro Ben Simmons, and they were very supportive of him. I think what it is, honestly, I think he can't hack it with that Philadelphia crowd. They've run a lot of people out in a lot of different venues. You know, NFL uh, Donovan McNabb took it for over a decade, which was amazing. But a lot of guys in those kind of cities, they it just it. It eats away at him, and I think Ben Simmons, the crowd going against him and turning on him. Yeah, I don't think he can handle that. I don't think he he has the backbone to go against it. I'm trying to remember who it was. There was somebody in the, uh, big in the media this past week was just absolutely poking fun at Ben Simmons, be, saying basically that was the reason why yeah. Ben ultimately could not get his head around. You know what? Maybe let me just come back for the season. Yeah, clear my head. New season. Let's see yeah. what we can do. Because a lot of it was still stuck in his mind that that was going on, which was the fans booing him, which was a yeah. lot of pressure being put on him. And a lot of, he became the focal point of a lot of conversations, especially around the Philadelphia media mm-hmm. areas. Like mm-hmm. you said, why are you passing up these easy layups when yeah. you're right there? You know? Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And in, you know, just to play devil's advocate with Ben Simmons, you know, after they lost, they asked doc rivers, they were like, do you think this can be a championship team with Ben Simmons on it? Right. Mm-hmm. I know it was right after you, they lost, but it's like, yep. and he says, I don't know. You can't, as a coach, Doc Rivers, you can't say that. You yeah, have to be like, not sit well yeah, with that yeah. didn't sit well with him. And then even Embiid, I know, you know, now that he's kind of talked about it after Ben Simmons has already said he's not coming back, but even right after the game when Ben was like, or when Joel said the biggest point in the game was when we had a layup and we ended up with two foul shots. And then yeah. uh, I think, I think it was Thibel ended up missing one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I understand that that's what everybody's thinking, but 
whenever the media is coming after you, everybody on Twitter is coming after you, and then you have your coach and the dude who's supposed to be, you know, your best teammate, you know, that's that's yeah. your guy, and he's blaming you, you know. I, I understand I understand where he's coming from. Now, I do think he is being a little childish at this point with not even trying to talk to them at it, all. It's been you know? a full boycott. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So do you guys feel like is it, is it time to – is it still time to trust the process or is it time to bust the process? I, I think it's time to trust the process because, look, I, I mean, I, I completely understand what you guys are saying. I agree with you, what Doc Rivers said and what Joel Embiid said at the end of that game in series. You're throwing a guy under the bus to a certain degree. But at the same time, Ben Simmons in the postseason, um, I feel like there have been elements of, the game that, of his game that have been missing in their past runs. <laughs> and I think they sat on all those critiques and everything up to that point. And I think you can only be supportive – to a certain degree, and I think when someone continues to not work on the areas of their game that they need to work on as an organization, I think you have a right to say the things that Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid did. I think that they were patient enough. I think that they were supportive enough, and I think that you know maybe if they said that earlier, it would have been wrong. But I think they were well within their right to say it when they did. I I, I don't have any problem with them saying that. Honestly, I really don't. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I basically. I was just saying I understand why he was mad about it, but when you play the way that he played, when you're supposed to be an all-star in this league, you know, you're mm-hmm. a guy who came in second defensive player of the year voting, you yeah. know. You're supposed to be a perennial kind of all-star guy. You can't go out and have, like, two points in a playoff game. He looked like no, he gave up. He yeah. looked like he gave up in that well, series. And that's what we're talking about here, right, with Lonzo Ball. You, you've got to be able to mature yourself, and you've got to be able to sit down and have an honest conversation yeah. with yourself about – do I deserve some of this criticism yeah. I, I'm getting? And I think if he would have done that, he would probably not be in the situation right now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point holes here at at, at Ben Simmons because I think there's a lot going on as well, like yeah. kind of more than just that. But I, Bryson's hitting real hard on it. A lot of what was already being said about him, especially from his own coach after the game, yeah. I think is real, what really kind of set a, a lot of this off. Where he was like, you know what? Normally, maybe I could have come back and put that to the side and focused on the game. But you know what, right now, I just, I just, you know, that right there kind of was the, was the final straw with it. So, um, unfortunate. We can, uh, we can always get back more into the Ben Simmons talk, but real quick guys, it is time for us to start to talk a little bit about our contenders, who we really see as we get, as we're going through the preseason right now, we've had some surprising teams and, mm-hmm. and, um, some un- underwhelming teams so far, but, who do we feel like as of right now? If you had to pick your top four in, oh, in both conferences. Gosh. Top four. And it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but you get extra points if you put it in order. Mm. So, Bryson, what you got? So I, I'm looking at it based on last season and where teams finished last year, who I think is going to be better. I think the Nets are going to be first. You know, Ky- the Kyrie situation is the only thing. Either the Nets or the Bucks are going to be first. Right now, I'm going to say the Nets are going to end up being first. I think Kyrie's going to end up getting vaccinated mm-hmm. and is going to end up playing the games. I think that'll happen too. Yeah, yeah. eventually. I'm going to say the Bucks are going to be second. I'm going to say that the Heat are going to move and they're going to be third with the addition of Cal Lowry. I think that's going to put them over the top. Okay. And I think fourth is going to be the Hawks. I think they're going to ride kind of that Eastern Conference Finals, you know, that that big run. I think their team is going to be really confident coming back this year, and I think Trey Young is going to have an amazing season. I, I love that list. The only thing I change is I put Sixers at one. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Had to make that joke. Had to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Never will get no, old. I love it. There's no way on earth Sixers are in the top four. Um but I, I love that list for the East. And then since you, you did such a great job with the East, I'm just going to jump right over the West. I think okay. uh, I think the Phoenix Suns, for me, are in the top spot. Number two, I'm going to put the Lakers there. Uh, number three, I hate to do this. Like I can't express how much I hate, hate, hate to do this. I put the Warriors at three. I really put the okay. Warriors at three. I think that's – I think they've – you know, James Wiseman uh, showed a lot of flashes his rookie year. Um Andrew Wiggins, I think this season he could really, really step up because there were some fringe all-star years with the T-Wolves. He looked pretty good with the Warriors, and they've got some pieces back. Uh, I, I, I think they're a solid three. Sure. And then four, the four for me is a really hard one because, one, you've got Luka Doncic, 
and he's just such a incredible player with the basketball, doing things that I, I can't remember having seen before in the NBA. But also, Dala Dame, Damian Lillard with with the Portland Trailblazers, I think he's going to will that team forward. And I put I put the Portland Trailblazers in that fourth spot. See, I I like the teams you have. I don't know you if like I would. Order. I don't know if I like the order uh, because I think the I, you I got, got the, the Mavs higher. Is, is that what it is? I I think the Mavs are in the, might end up being three. I think that okay. Luca very well might average thirty points a game this year, and he's mm-hmm. going to will that team to win. Yeah, I think Porzingis is going to come back better. You know, he looked bad in the playoffs, but keep in mind he was coming off of an injury. Yeah. You know, and this is the same thing I would say with Jaron too, is because I think they're very similar players, right? But it's like they both had an injury, and they didn't. When you have to work on coming back from an injury, you can't work on getting better at basketball. Yeah, and now I think. Porzingis is going to have some time to know, get back to where he was, you know, back when he was on the Knicks, you know, and kind of, yeah. you know, he's he's going to be better this year than he was last year, right? And uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have the Warriors at four, and I'll I'll keep the Suns at two. I'll keep the Suns at two. Okay, okay, I, I like right. it. Um, so I'll start with the West since we are on the West. Um, number one is not going to be the obvious, um, because I think. The Lakers are going to probably have some more unfortunate issues with injuries and things like that. Not that I want to predict that that's going to happen, but it just seems to be the telltale sign usually as we go along. And um, I think it'll be a situation like last season where it gets to a point that they're not fighting for top seeding. They're just like, you know what, we want to go in healthy. Let's go in healthy as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So, number one. Um, I'm actually going to put the defending Western Conference champs, the uh, Air, the Phoenix Suns, excuse me. Um, I think uh, Chris Paul is going to have another great season with them. I don't know if it will if it will equal what he was able to do last season, but I do like this team still. I think Devin yeah. Booker is going to continue to take those steps forward. He will have some steps back this season, but I do see the Suns. By the end of it all, when it's all said and done as far as the regular season, I think they will have put together the best regular season Um and, and trying to yeah. stay away from injuries and things like that. So, in, nevertheless, I've got Phoenix number one. I do have the Lakers number two. Um, I think hey, that's just too much star power there, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron, Carmelo, yep. we, uh, Westbrook. So, um, I think third, and and this one's really tough, right? I, we 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 got differing opinions already yeah. on three and four. So three for me is obviously really tough, but I'm kind of feeling what Bryson's talking about. I'm putting Dallas at number three, and I and I yeah. think that's. Because I, I, I'm also with you, Grant. I think that they're going to be on that fringe of a three and four, right? Yeah. I think that's just how they're going to finish it. But yeah. if I had to say, if Dallas can stay healthy, I think that's a three seed for sure. Yeah. Um, and my fourth one, oh boy, oh boy, yeah, because that's that's such a tough one, man. But Kings, you know what? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What do you got? What do you got to say about the Kings, there, Chris? Like that. Like that. That's right, Grant. Uh, piping hot take right there no if i'm going to pick a four team right now i'm going to say denver i think um once jamal murray comes back i think that team will kind of be back to what they were in 2019-20 um i'll be interested to see can they be a team that starts to come together towards the end of the season put together a little something you know going into the playoffs hot i i think that they're a team that i don't think i didn't have them in my top four but i wouldn't be surprised if they make a deep run yeah because you saw what they did even in the bubble when they were fully healthy Mm -hmm. and if jamal murray comes back you know maybe march Mm -hmm. you know around that time and he can kind of start to gel with some guys i think michael porter jr is going to have a good season i would not be surprised if they move up into the top four either that's kind of my thing right now i think with Jamal Murray being out that it will allow Michael Porter and some of the other guys to start to really get something good going and then yeah. once once you get to that point that uh, Murray can come back mm-hmm. he's going to be coming back to a good situation with Denver. So I think they will they will keep the keep the boat afloat up, up until he comes back and then once he does if he's healthy, yeah. if he's looking good, watch out for Denver. That's that's honestly my pick for most improved player of the year is Michael Porter Jr. I think yeah. I think without you know Jamal Murray, obviously that that hurts a lot, but I think he's going to blow up. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to really just just take the next step and get into the mid twenty point per game area, maybe twenty five points per game. Because Jokic, such a great facilitator, such a great facilitator and a great scorer in his own right, and that that Nuggets team is going to be interesting. They're definitely going to be in the playoffs, in my opinion. But uh, okay. Jamal yeah. Murray, I uh, I hope he comes back the same. But he had such momentum moving in his favor; it's going to be hard to get back to where he was. I think. 
Um, I noticed how nobody said the Jazz either, even though they got the one seat last year. I don't trust. They're, they, they, yeah, I don't, yeah I think that's what I'm saying. I think they're middle of the pack, and I feel like you guys are thinking that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have no offense outside I, of Donovan. I could have put nobody. them at four, but I'm I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna fringe on four and five, possibly yeah. even a six seed. Just yeah, yeah. On how I think I think that that playoff loss is kind of. Brought their confidence down a little bit. I don't know. To yeah. your point as well, other teams probably can see tape on that and see yeah. well, how can we beat the Jazz better than yep. we were playing. Cover them. Donovan. <laughs> I mean, just cover <laughs> right. him. That's I mean, it. as much as yeah. possible. Anyway, yeah. that, that boy is something else, man. I love Donovan Mitchell. Get him um, some help. Yeah. I, I will say real quick, just to name my my four Eastern Conference teams. Um, Bo- I'm sorry, not Boston. Brooklyn, of course, I think is just going to be hands down up and down the best roster on the East. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Number two is really tough, right? Because there's so many teams out there, but I'm I'm feeling Milwaukee, and I'm only saying that because I'm going to give them respect of being the Eastern Conference champs. Yeah, we'll see as we get down the stretch. I think Milwaukee is going to be very much like the Lakers. They might deal with some issues, and I think they're going to be more concerned with going into the playoffs as a yeah. healthy team. So they may they may settle for three or four. We'll see. Um, my third team, I, th- I I'm really feeling again Bryson when we's talking about the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry being yeah. picked up, I think that's going to be a very good team. P.J. Um, Tucker, too. I think that's a yeah. huge pickup for them. Oh, big time, big time. Maybe one of the dogs, right, mm-hmm. coming down to Miami. So, I got – yeah, I would say Miami three, and I'm not going to lie. I don't really know who I would put in as my number four team. I think Orlando's going to surprise some people. I don't think they're going to be high enough for that. But I will say – I will say uh, Atlanta. I'll put Atlanta at number four. Really? Ah, oh, see – let me just give you my Eastern. Go ahead. Let me just give you so, so number one, easy Nets. But number two, a little fuego. I'm going to put the Heat right there. Okay. Okay. I'm put the Heat there. Then I'm going to put the Bucks at three. All right. And then four, four also for me is the Hawks. But I mean, like, ah, oh gosh, I just think the Hawks. Like they, they. I mean, you're not confident in in the four seed for the Hawks. I'm, I'm, I, well, no, I'm not confident in the in the three seed for the for the Bucks. I think the Bucks. I, I don't think they're going to drop. You know, all too far because they've got Giannis and Giannis is just a world beater. Right. But I think, uh, you know, Heat could fall off, and I think Hawks climb because you know Jimmy Butler healthy for a whole season. That I mean, it's a completely different team. Last season when he was missing time, they were really struggling, but. Bam Adebayo, uh, Kyle Lowry. They just got PJ Tucker and then uh, Jimmy Butler. You know, back this season. I think that is a team that can very easily for me run the gambit in the East and puncture through uh, that Nets roster in a conference finals matchup. I mean, it'll be it'll be a fight, but I think the Heat just have a little bit more hop in their step. Um, and then the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they're just they're they're a big question mark for me because they're, what they did last year, mm-hmm. nobody expected. Yeah. Nobody expected. But I love John Collins and I love Trey Young, and they just have so many other young guys on there. They have so many other young guys on there. There's just I I think the Hawks have a really good chance at making another deep run sure. maybe. And I like the Celtics too. I like this. Yeah, Celtics let's not count out the Celtics. Jason yeah. Tatum, Tatum's, uh, he's, he's one of my for, favorite players in the yeah. league. Yeah, sure. and Jalen Brown coming back, you know, that was the big thing for them is Jalen Brown was out. That's why they didn't yeah. have a chance against the Nets. I don't right. think they would have beat the Nets even if Jalen Brown was in, yeah. mm-hmm. but it definitely wouldn't have been a five-game series, you know. I, I think they would have won at least yeah. another one. And Brown's been putting in some work. He's coming in this season a little bit lighter, and he said he's in the best shape he's ever been. I know guys say that a lot, but he looks it. He looks it. Well, I let's think, uh, uh, yeah exciting and jason tatum for me he's already championship caliber obviously i mean he's great wow. player man phenomenal wow. guy. Uh, we'll see what boston can put together um you know especially as we move through the season i think they will be a team for certainly to watch in these there's no doubt about that uh, i'm just going to show you guys real quick just uh you know i'm going to take my moment of fame right now while i can and just show you guys who's leading the western conference right now oh. and for whatever reason Savor that's worth it, it. Whatever, whatever reason, that, whatever that's worth to you, uh, the San Antonio Spurs in the preseason after one game are leading <laughs> the, the Western Conference. So I think they're uh, actually tied with the Grizzlies for first. I don't know about that. Lions also went under. <laughs> I don't know. I see Grizzlies yeah. at the four spot there. I don't, I don't know what that's about, and they're not getting enough love. I the, guess the Lions also went undefeated in the preseason the year they went zero and sixteen. So uh, well, we, can, <laughs> yeah, we can bring up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, the Spurs aren't going to go zero and eighty two. We'll su- see. That is such an anomaly. The whole Lions thing, though. But that that's just insane. Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, we uh, we couldn't wait to get to it. This has been months in the making here, right? And uh, we're just really excited. Just really excited to be doing this with you guys. This has been a great podcast. I look forward to it as we roll throughout the season. Happy to have you all on. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, again, I'm Chris Clark. That's Graham Mitchell. That's Bryson Wright. And we'll catch you all next week.